Welcome to the Botcash Podcast. My name is Don. My name is Scott. We'll see how long this works. <laughs> so we got new technology. Um, but And I was using a bad USB cable to power, uh-huh. apparently. So we, we've definitely had some some issues with uh, with getting it up and running, but uh, we won't judge. <sighs> if this works, it's going to be amazing. If this it, doesn't work, it's going on eBay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully we'll we'll have to record this once, um, and not have to record it multiple times. Right. I think we'll be fine now from this point on. Um, I just I'm like obsessed with like looking at the meters now to make sure it's on and moving and yeah. And I think we're the stupid pop shield is like in my way. I'm like I can't see it. <laughs> I feel like there's one episode one time did it, it either didn't record. Oh or no! Did we... it, it it got through like the first like five minutes and there's like this space where it like garbled and mm-hmm. I had to like rescue it. Okay. But I had to cut out like basically all the much to our poor listeners. Yeah. Uh, I had to cut out all the banter because oh. it was all like corrupt. It wouldn't like, it wouldn't finish past a certain point. Cause it was a great episode and we're like, no, but that's the only so far. Okay. Yeah. Um, but when, yeah, so we have a, we were using a H4N Pro, which is a great field recorder. It has great sound and everything. If you hear me messing with my pop shield, I, oh, sorry, I hit the mic. It's messing with his pop um, shield. Yeah, we're good now. Um, but it only had two inputs. So if we ever needed another mic, which we, we've done that once, mm-hmm. um, we couldn't, but this also has like sound built in and stuff and easier file management and easier analog controls and so and you know yeah it's, it's newer it's, it's a fun new toy yeah we'll see if it so we we give ourselves and our budget and allowance and this is what I use mine on so better work <laughs> <laughs> this comes out of my own pocket <laughs> but yeah how long have we been doing this now I don't know I talked to somebody <clears throat> who was outside your house with a dog earlier and they're unloading groceries. Oh, okay. And oh, yeah. We got. Did I not tell you? Is that the people that yeah. in the apartment? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know. So he's yeah, like, he's like, I heard your podcast once in Deuteronomy. I was like, oh, that was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah. So yeah. Just you know, but yeah, we. I mean, we finished Ezekiel, and that took a while. And that took a while. Well, Deuteronomy took a couple years too. Yeah, didn't that was it? that was the longest. I um, think. And then Joe was pretty short. Um. Amos. No, we didn't do Amos. Hosea. Hosea, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. I was just going in there. Yeah, and then... um, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Did we do do Habakkuk? I don't know. I don't either. But we did... The big ones are Deuteronomy and Ezekiel. I know we did um, Joel. We did the Gomer. That was Hosea. Yeah. And then... I thought we did Hosea, Joel, and somebody who started with... Uh, Did we? I don't know. Okay, and then I'm just gonna go to Ezekiel. Our so we're why, a why don't years. we remember what we did? Why I don't know. We... That's horrible. Oh gosh, bakesh.podbean.com. That's bakesh.podbean.com. Um, uh, <clears throat> what do you feel? Just still looking. Minor profits. Yeah. Again, I know we did those two. I can't remember the. I can't remember if we did another one. Minor. But I, I think we might have. 
Because we went, we did a couple smaller things in between Deuteronomy and Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I think we started. As you. <laughs> I don't know when we started that. Ezekiel? Um, 2020-ish, maybe? Has, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. I could I could sign in and just look at it, but instead, okay, we did Joel. Um, Ezekiel started in twenty one. Started in uh, April twenty one. Okay. Prior to that was Joel Hosea. I thought there's another between them. Because Deuteronomy, uh, then we did Hosea, yeah. then we Deuteronomy, did Joel. Hosea, Joel. All right. And then we went to Ezekiel right after that. Yep. Oh, okay. Man, I feel like there's somebody. Oh, well. Okay. I just don't know, I guess. I got to set up. Our website needs easier searchability. (laughs) Just saying. All right. All right. So now we're on to our fifth book then. Yeah. um, Being Judges. And we did our intro last week. And so now we're going to start chapter one this week. Tightening my mic. Okay. (laughs) Although we didn't get too much banter in today. But we, well, even before that, though, we did... um, you, was it Dry Bones or UC Dry Bones? Yeah, or? we did that podcast, um, <clears throat> which wasn't the same format. No, it was it like, was, yeah. It was uh, like, it, the problem with the Dry Bones podcast, it was like commentary on issues of the day. Yeah. And by the time we got it edited and posted, that stuff wasn't going on anymore. Right. And then it became the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't, we, we, we just weren't good at finding fresh stuff to cover. Right. So, and then people kind of dropped out and... Yeah, we did know. that for what, about a year? I don't remember. Yeah. I probably have the, I probably have the backups of those somewhere. Okay. So we did that for at least a, maybe about a year. I don't know. That's just my guess. Yeah. Maybe it might've been two. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's when we were passing the mics around. Oh, yeah. We had, I don't think we used any interfaces. I think we passed a mic or two... Because we had, we had two and we had to find out how to make the computer see them both as mm-hmm. different devices for a while. And we had that dome mic. That was the the little the ball? Blue, yeah. Yeah, the Was that the one that... It's called a snowball. Okay. A Yeti snowball mic. A Yeti snow, okay. But not a Yeti oh. cup, drink oh. cup. That company, I think, is now owned by Logitech. Oh, okay. But yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we've been podcasting for a while, yeah. doing we're, this one we're for... We're pros. I can't get this to work. Yeah, I don't know. Moving the cards over. And Deuteronomy, let's see, if we started this in 2021, Ezekiel, yeah, then that means we had to have been at least... We're two and a half years of uh, Zeke, and now we're... I don't think judges... I mean, depending on how much banter we do. Mm-hmm. I don't think judges will take as long. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a... It's really conveniently broken up chapter by chapter. Um, I think that'll help. Yeah. Uh, there's some, like in this chapter, like there's a lot to unpack, but a lot of it correlates together. Mm-hmm. Like if that makes sense. Well, it's kind of like a narrative type. Yeah. Yeah. Much so, more narrative based. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of little hidden That's true. Question I was marks. actually, I'll be honest, I was a little bit shocked as I was studying it this week. I was like, yeah, dang. I was like, there's a little bit more to this than I was originally expecting i consulted i had two different commentaries as primary um and then i had another book on just like old testament survey as a secondary um i'm interested to see what you got because i was trying to get some things to correlate and a lot of commentators take the first chapter 
um, in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. with a lot of different focuses. Um, but I, I'm very interested to see what you end up with compared to what I end up with. And so the commentary I used was called Understanding. It's the Understanding the Bible Commentary Series. Um, and it's on Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, written by... Written by... Dun, dun, dun. Written by... <laughs> it's, it's so... Sm- like, I can't get to the actual... Um, it's on Kindle. Uh, oh. So it's like, okay, Harris J. Jordan and Brown and Cheryl... Oh, so you probably got all the different authors yeah, and Cheryl, contributors. Cheryl and- A. Brown. Okay, so Cheryl A. Brown and Gordon J. Harris. Okay. And so, and then I'm using another one too, but I didn't didn't use them a whole lot this week. Um, I actually leaned pretty heavily here um, because the other one did a, a much quicker overview of of chapter one. I'm looking at the title page of mine because I wanted to see who did which. Okay, so I'm uh, my primaries. Uh, one of them is the Expositor's Bible Commentary. If you've been listening to the show, you know that I have the whole set. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, it's very easy for me to use that. Uh, Judges was done by Mark J. Boda, B-O-D-A. So um, he's kind of the primary source. Uh, and then I'm using the ESV Bible Commentary. Uh, I bought that last year. And actually, uh, by the time you hear this, it might be that time again around New Year's, the uh, Crossway website sells every ebook for like two bucks. Um, so I got the whole set of that last year, except for Genesis, because it had not been finished yet. But if it's finished this year, I'm buying it for a buck. <laughs> nice. So, um, and then uh, if you get um, Tremper Longman's Old Testament survey, it's just a really good uh, survey to look at. Okay. Um, 30 bucks is bucks ish, but I've got it at college for a class oh nice so i paid for it through loans all right or depending when you listen to it i'm still paying for it through loans (laughs) so there you have it okay and the other one was the message of judges um from the bible speaks today commentary series um by michael wilcock okay so yep and the genesis commentary is not out yet i'm still waiting for it okay come on hurry up still waiting it's the same guy that did my Ezekiel one, so I'm actually really excited about it. Okay, because you like the Ezekiel one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, do we good? Okay. Do good? Dugged? Do we good? I'm not British. I don't know how to say this stuff. <laughs> well, my, my, my boy Christopher Wright just came out with uh, an Ecclesiastes commentary-ish. I'm, and not, I re- think I'm one, not ready for that one. One on Exodus <laughs> also. Oh. Um, which I... Exodus could be a fun one. And Jeremiah. He has one on Jeremiah. Jeremiah's not fun. No. No. Jeremiah's a lot like Ezekiel, I think. Uh, probably even more of a downer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I don't think you have the the you exciting no ending. Right. 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 So... Yep. But Exodus, that, that could be... That, I'd say Exodus. that could be a fun book to yeah. consider. Mm-hmm. Be, I, Genesis would be... We would spend a month unpacking the first chapter oh, yeah. and another month doing the second. Genesis would take us a while. Well, oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, it's a long. It's 50 some chapters. Plus, it's got a lot to unpack. Right. So you're talking. You're establishing covenant like Man, you from Abraham to Mosaic. 
That's probably longer than Deuteronomy. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that just like what you'd be unpacking there alone. Right. Just in like starting with Abraham living in us, like mm-hmm. that alone could take us an episode. Oh, yeah. See, maybe Exodus is a better one. Yeah, let's maybe go to Exodus. Well, speaking of fun, let's start with Judges, Judges. 1. That okay. kind of rhyme. Speaking of fun, start with Judges 1. I kind of did, yeah. I'm dumb. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start yeah. with... Yeah, um, Jim here already. <laughs> chapter 1 of Judges. Um, we're going to go <laughs> 1 through... Um, one through nine. No, wait, one through seven, right? Eight. One through eight. <laughs> Split the difference. Go one through right. eight. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. After the death of Joshua, oh, you know what I was going to do before this? I was going to go ahead and listen to it so that I didn't botch all the names. Oh, so well, I'm going to botch all the names. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, you got you to gotta look at the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. So you might have to. Move we can move computer. the mic. Yeah, if you need to. All right, there we go. You turned away and you got quiet. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, sorry. I'm rearranging my Bible computer. Um, (laughs) After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I've given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, "Um, come up with me into the territory allotted to me that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went on or went with him. Then Judah went up and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand and defeated 10,000 of them at, at Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek at Bezek and fought against him and defeated the Canaanites of the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek, Bezek fled, but they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Woo-hoo. And Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off, used to pick up scraps under my table, as I have done. So God has repaid me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. And the men of Judah fought against Jerusalem and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. Well, dang, we we Mm kind of didn't even start off like that calm, did we? No, um... It, it just this is that movie where it, you're watching and it, it the first scene is the guy like checks his gun looks at the bullets then goes and firing yeah like, uh-huh. it's, it's just like, start the movie off straight like, right yeah you might have one verse no yeah no <laughs> it's just straight straight to the killing and straight to the fighting yeah and um in a way uh this is an intentional setup mm-hmm. for the book it's the first chapter uh does a great job setting up a lot of what's going on in the the entire book of judges with several narratives which we're going to go through mm-hmm. um what this one starts off is contrasting itself with the book prior mm-hmm. with joshua yeah and joshua starts off with after the death of moses we got Josh. Yeah, what's up? This one says, well, after that leader's dead, we don't know who we got. Yep. And and I mean it's it's and it's kind of asking what's next. Like they're supposed to go into the promised land. They're supposed to go ahead and take it all, but they're not done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really the I, I think what is it? Just the first verse in general is asking that question, well, okay, what's next? Like after the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, who shall go up first? Like you're just going straight into, okay, cool. All right, we're we're not done yet. Then then God, what what are we doing next? Um, so it really is just kind of introduction into 
All right. Well, where, where are we going now that Joshua is dead? Um, because obviously we haven't completed um, what we were set out to do. And immediately off the bat, we see um, what some like to say is the establishment, the very first sign of the establishment of the good that is the southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Judah gets told, it's you, you're going to go in and do it. Mm-hmm. And Judah is representative of the kingdom of Judah, which would later, uh, Israel and Judah will split. There'll be one nation that splits between a north and a south kingdom. The north will be Israel, the south will be Judah. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the Old Testament points to Judah good, Israel bad. South good, north bad. Um, right here, Judah goes in with God's blessing mm-hmm. to start things out. Yep. And then really you're going to see that same theme, though, even in chapter one of Judges. Judah good. That's what I'm saying. That's the theme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're going to see that here. And then also you're going to see that through the rest of the old rest of the yeah. old testament in general right so yeah we yeah so it, it really is going to hold on to kind of the theme of, of what's going on and i think we'll see that throughout judges one also just in some of the cities and some of the ways that they address the oh, yeah. the issues and the, and the people that are going on oh yeah well verse two and three then get into okay well he kind of explains what what what's happening so they ask they ask god and, and God answers, um, Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me into the territory. So he then basically says, all right, here's what's next. You asked, here's what you're going to do. Go for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, well, one thing we see, uh, Canaanites um, and Perizzites, those, there's a possibility there are two different tribes, groups of people. Uh, one uh, possibility is that the Canaanites are referring to the people that live in cities and have fortified walls and armies. And the Perizzites are more nomadic or maybe less established villages and dwellings within the land. Uh, the roots, which I did not write down because that would have been nice, <laughs> of the uh, Perizzites, actually, it's like the PER part, uh, does basically connotate a person who dwells outside of a city. Mm-hmm. So when they're going up against these two people groups, they're not specifically... Uh, talking a, a certain culture, a certain name. It's not like, it, it would be like saying like um, they went into the land and they fought against the city dwellers and the country folk is probably a, a good way to look at that. So a very generic term to being the pretty the much anyone there, yeah. in the land. Yeah. Um, and, and just saying that like we went into the cities to take those and we also went into the countryside to take those. And that's part of the narrative because they were supposed to go through the land and oust people, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody. So, and when you say oust, you mean kill, destroy, maim, set on fire. Yeah. Um, I believe the word, uh, that we see when they go <laughs> against the different cities, uh, in the Hebrew, uh, I want to say it's harem. Uh, which basically means to, uh, it's where we get the hill, uh, take the sword against. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like, and then they took their swords and went against this person. Then they took their swords and went against that person. Then they took their swords and they set it on fire. And like, that's basically what they're doing. They're doing what they're supposed to do under Joshua to a point. 
Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll Ju- Judah starts off being obedient in that way because it was actually starts off. Starts you off. were being disobedient <laughs> if you did not do harm. Right. Um, and so you are not being obedient. And so we're actually going to see that, I think, later on in the, the chapter as well. It's a very interesting parallel coming up. Oh, yes. No spoilers. No spoilers. It's hard uh, to not spoil. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go through, they defeat 10,000 people at an area called Bezek or Bezek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have listened to the audio yeah, before. Right. I had uh, every intention. We always joke about getting one of those, like, how to pronounce Hebrew names, yeah. and we never do. No. One of these times I'll do that. <laughs> uh, they go through and uh, defeat 10,000 and they run into a guy named Adonai Bezek. And if you have a background, you might be like, wait a minute, isn't Adonai one of the names of God? And essentially Adonai means Lord. And so what happened is they found the Lord of the area, the place called Bezek. So this is not a guy who's name is Adonai Bezek. This is, they went and they found a good way to put, but it would be the king of Bezek. Mm-hmm. And he was a ruthless guy. As he talks about, he cut off the thumbs and big toes of 70 kings and basically turned them into slaves or things to be mocked, pulling up scraps from his table. And now God has repaid him because he's fallen under the same punishment. Mm-hmm. And and this might sound harsh, but this actually was not necessarily abnormal in the ancient Near East. Like no. this, this was something that that happened pretty often. Um, ultimately, it would guarantee that that the prisoner would never be able to fight again. I mean, you're not going to be able to shoot a weapon. You're not going to be able to like. You are not going to be able to go ahead and, and take up arms and and, and fight in, in any military capacity um, if they take out your um, your your toes and your your fingers. And the part about them taking him to Jerusalem, that does a couple of things. Um, they, br- they bring him back to show that they got him. It's the equivalent of, and we did not do this in America, mm-hmm. but if we would have killed Osama bin Laden and brought his body back, taken pictures and shown it to everybody, see, we got him. Um, that's basically what they're doing here is they're saying, look, proof that we captured the Lord of Bezek. Mm-hmm. Um, most commentators by most i mean the two that i read uh say that the uh way the sentence is structured and they brought him to jerusalem and he died there uh is basically saying he died of the wounds Mm. um he probably got infections or bled out Mm. from his loss of toes and thumbs and toes and fingers or whatever not quite the medical technology we have today right and then they probably they probably tortured him or made him walk along the you know route home yeah absolutely so I mean, it was interesting, though, that um, he acknowledged, I don't know if he acknowledged God in that, but um, what do you say? Well, he does say God has repaid me, and that God is the Israel God that he's giving attribute to. As I have done, so God has repaid me. It's like, ooh, well, I mean, at least you acknowledged here's, maybe maybe acknowledged his sin, and it's like, well, I'm getting what I deserve. Here's some... I, I almost said the word karma, but that's the wrong word. Yeah. Um, Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, well, I guess it's what I deserve. And yeah, he he died. Kind of owned up to that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we start out the book. There's a leadership void. God establishes a leader. The leader calls in some help from his brothering tribe. Mm-hmm. They start off with success. Yep. Then... 
They get to Jerusalem. This is huge. They capture it, strike it down with the edge of a sword, and set the city on fire. The huge part about this is, is Joshua, the book prior, tried to do that and could not. Joshua is a Benjamite. A Benjamite is a northern kingdom. Immediately, the author of Judges goes, and the southern kingdom did what the northern could not. Despite the fact the northern being Joshua and all is good because it's Joshua and he's a godly hero and is Joshua, still couldn't do what the southern kingdom did. They cracked their knuckles, kicked their shoes off, watched some TV, gloat about their awesomeness, write it down in the book of Judges. And it's the first subtle dig at the northern kingdom. But you might not realize that unless you think a little bit about it or you have the help of good commentaries. And, and, and as you go throughout chapter one, you're going to see where there is definitely a, a bias, maybe a. Oh, dude. All, there, I, yeah, there are. Oh, yeah. You are seeing where they're going to hype the northern kingdom. And they're not going, and well, I guess it wouldn't be the northern northern kingdom. The hype the southern, yeah, or hype the southern. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and they're going to to really look down on the tribes that are part of the northern kingdom, um, and and they're really going to hype. Okay, here's the tribe of Judah. Here's where God is is moving and flourishing, and and you're going to see where. Well, yes, yes. They are going to, this is, a, this is the interesting part about this book, and this is probably one of my favorite parts about it. We got this dig at the Northern Kingdom, but what we're literally getting really close to reading now is going to be not a subtle dig. We're going to start getting into depth mm-hmm. about where the sin of the Southern Kingdom starts to come. And... The digs of the northern kingdom almost to me, and this is conjecture, this is not from a commentary right. or a scholar. It's almost to me like when you try and pass some of that blame off onto a sibling, yeah, yeah, I know that we did this, but like, did you see what you did? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know that I robbed a liquor store, but like, you know, he's mm. he started smoking. <laughs> you know, it's there, this really... This chapter does this. It's fun. It's so much fun. And especially, and I'm going to rebring this up later on when it's probably more clear to our listeners, um, because as you say that, I guess then that kind of brings out some of the shadiness that happens in the end of chapter one mm-hmm. when they, yes. So maybe I'll come back to that. Yeah. Or should I bring it up well, now? No, 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 no. Come okay. back to it. All right. But because we're going to read nine through, what did we say? 15? 15. And this is a roller coaster of a set. This is the section which we've told you before. And if your kids are listening, we should have told you prior, but this section is going to be a part where I'm going to discuss some things that you might not want your kids in the room. If they're, if you haven't had the talk, (laughs) um, you might want them not to listen to this next part. Oh, I'm curious now because I'm not quite sure. I got oh, this is, some of interesting. Okay. There's a lot that's about to happen. But I'm also going to um, compare it to some things that spoiler the end of the book as well. Okay, so we're going to go back and forth about some other people. But 
we're about to, it's, it's gonna, we're, this is judges, folks. This is gritty. So once again, parental discretion advised. This is a rated R book. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's a rated R podcast. Right. Not because we're trying to be edgy. Yeah. We're not having explicit lyrics because it's cool. Right. Um, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that, that is one thing about, I think the Bible in general, and I don't think it's just judges. It is not necessary. It's not a PG it's not a PG book. No, no. And, and no. it's, I mean, even <laughs> PG 13 is still, but, but I think there are parts of it that are very, very rated R. No, this, um, this sucker here, this and book. Yes. We, I mean, if you're watching this in a movie theater, once again, not to get too off or whatever, but like you just watch the battle from saving private Ryan, the beachhead scene, it, it, like at the beginning, you, you would have just seen that. And now we're going to go home and we're going to get introduced to our hero using quotation marks and something very interesting that happens that's going to go into something very interesting. So, yeah, just okay. read it. Let's right, go. Let's go. Right. I can't keep going around here. Right. And so, nine through 15. And afterwards, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country in the Negeb um, and in the low land. And Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. Now the name Hebron was formerly... Kirath Araba or Arba. Actually, they, Araba is correct. Oh, Araba. Yep. And they defeated Shishai and Ahiman <laughs> and Talmai. And there they went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir was formerly Kirath Safir. And Caleb <laughs> said, He who attacks Kirath Safir and captures it, I will give him Aksa. My daughter for a wife. And um, Oth- Othaniel. Uh, oh, Othniel. Othniel. Othan- no, it's Othniel because the L is important okay. because the L essentially designates him of God. Got it. Okay. So, so and Othniel, the son of Kenaz. Kenaz? Kenaz. Uh, and whatever. Caleb's younger brother captured it. See, there might be some issues right there. <laughs> and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, for a wife. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field, and she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? What do you want? She said to him, <laughs> Give me a blessing, since you have set me in the land of Negeb, and give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. I love this whole section. Okay, first of all, all right. yes, Caleb is that Caleb who was a spy with Joshua. Okay. It's that dude, and he is old. And essentially, he's tired of this crap. <laughs> so he wants a battle won. So he does what any good father does, and he sins. He uses his daughter as a commodity to entice people to go to war and to fight for him. Caleb of Judah, the southern kingdom just abused his position as a father and sold his daughter as a bounty to be one. Oops. Yep. We're already strike one. So we Caleb took, was a good guy in the earlier books. And he still is looked on favorably. Actually, right. Othniel is going to be the, sadly, probably the best of the judges and it's going to go downhill from there okay so at least he 
sold his daughter into good, sort of, but we're about to learn how he sucks too. Okay. So, yeah. you know, this book sets up right from the start <laughs> to show you that everybody sucks. See, that's why gods are good. That's why Jesus is a good shepherd. Judges, colon, everybody sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> colon, except Jesus. <laughs> like, it, this, it's so bad. My children's book says something different. What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure they get into the, 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 the cutting off thumbs and oh, selling your true, daughter thing, but um, that might scar some kids. But, right, you know, the, I mean, we got some good guys in there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got uh-huh. heroes. The heroes of the, I think we had a book called like the Heroes of the Bible Bible or something. Or oh, Bible Heroes Bible. Were some or of something. these guys yeah. in the Heroes of the Bible? Uh, well, Joshua and Caleb certainly were. Okay. They well, went scouted out and they weren't afraid to take on the giants and, okay. you know, to go into the land and, know, you know. We, we, they don't they don't talk too much about the judges oh no no that's yeah. just samson because he was strong do they even have judges and gideon because he was a warrior yeah. yeah you know um so we're in the geb which is basically a desert so they get this land and there's nothing around it uh keep that in mind okay <laughs> what do you have to say because i've been talking a lot well, I'm and I have through. a lot more, but I want to give you a shot. <laughs> go for it. So I'm going to go ahead and follow along, mostly because okay. when I read, I then go back and try and remember my notes as you talk okay. while I listen to you. So it's kind of like a... It's a give and take. It's yeah, a absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, so no, I'm listening, kind of reading through, and at the same time, kind of kind of coming back and... Okay. But it sounds like you got more than I got, so I'm, I got, I'm, I'm curious, I got actually. Loads. Like, All right. I don't know that much. Uh, Boda, my commentator, not Baby Yoda from... Disney, uh, he states that this uh, first selling of Caleb's daughter uh, sets up the twisted view of women that will be framed in the entirety of this book. Women will be sold as property, they will be seen as heroes, and they will be abused. What we are going to see over and over again are the women that are heroes uh, are often taking the place of what the men were supposed to be doing. Mm. And we see this right from the start. They're in a desert and she wants to have water, fertile land so that she can be prosperous so that she can be fruitful and make things happen. Her husband don't care. Mm. So this is where it gets really interesting she literally pulls out all the stops to try and make life habitable in the Negev lowlands, where, like I said, it's basically desert. When she came to him, literally is her using sex to get her husband to do what she wants. Interesting. That phrase is straight up, if you look at the Hebrew content, the Hebrew words that are used there, it's basically... When she got him off, she urged him. Now, the King James, to clean it up, basically said she was nagging. What this really is pointing to is that um, she urged him to go talk to her dad. So she was basically doing acts that married people do okay and using it to entice her husband to do what he should be doing but what happens 
her husband doesn't do it. Hmm. So some commentators actually believe that and she dismounted her donkey is a slam calling her husband the donkey. Really? So is that well, like- now I will say my commentators, neither of them, one never mentions it. And the other one, Boda, who I was talking about before, says it's nice, but you can't prove that. Okay. He does say you can prove that she was using sex to get her way. So in context, though, it kind of does fit then, right? Yep. She got off her donkey. Interesting. I was kind of wondering, like, I thought that was just a weird comment anyway. Like, my commentary, like, man. It, well, it was- that that's where the missing is, because the words that are there, uh, <laughs> when she gets off of her donkey, can literally be summoned with when Caleb heard the sound of clapping. Okay. Um, when two people are being... Oh. Um, and Caleb said to her, what do you want? Like, he's really caught off guard by her presence there. Why is he caught off guard? Either A, because he knew what was just happening, or B, she literally traveled to him and he's like, well, where the heck is your husband? Shouldn't he be here? Okay. What, did you leave him behind? Where is he? Interesting. Wow. And then she says, <clears throat> give me a blessing since you have set me in this land. So regardless, she goes to her husband, says, hey, baby, let's have some fun. And uses that to try and get him to talk to her dad to get basic things to make this land worth living in. And he doesn't do it. So she goes to his dad and says, hey, homie, give me some water. I need a spring. We need to make this happen. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Wow. Huh. This is a empowered woman who is trying to make this land what God promised it. And trying to work the land as God told them to work it. So then does that make it a sin or... Uh, the sin here would most likely, what we're going to see, and we're going to see a mirror to this later in Judges with Deborah and Barak. Okay. Um, where once again, God tells a dude, hey, go do something. I'm trying not to spoil. Right. And he's like, eh, eh, what if, what if she does it? And God's like, well, okay, she will, but let it be known that like, you know, the victory is going to go in her name, not yours. Once again. A guy was supposed to do something, especially in a patriarchal society, a male dominated society. Men are given a role, told what they're supposed to do, and they're throwing it out the window and not doing it. So women are stepping up to make this happen. Got it. This is a case of something that we've seen in modern church. Yeah. God is telling men to go spread the gospel, go to places that are hard, be missionaries in your neighborhood and to the ends of the world. And men are like, well, you know, football's on mm. and I'm not slamming football. I just, I can cause my team sucks this year, but um, <laughs> like we're not doing it. And throughout the history of the United States, women have tended to make the church hum. Mm. We've, we've seen a lot of mission boards are started up with women, prayer groups, the most important part of your church. That's not a pastor is usually relegated to the women. Hmm. Feeding the poor, feeding the hungry, 
setting up donations, setting up meal, think of meal trains that are set up for women that have had a baby. Who sets that up? Yeah, mostly Usually women. not some dude. Mm-hmm. The women have been the strongest backbone of the church because men neglect their duty. Ah. And we see it right here where the best of the judges still neglects his duty of what he's supposed to do despite his wife doing everything she can to get him. And she doesn't nag him. She doesn't blackmail him. She doesn't threaten to put a temp peg, spoiler, through his forehead, uh, temple, whatever. Um, she doesn't yell at him. She doesn't abuse him. She she asked the nicest, like the nicest way that possible. That is definitely the nicest, nicest way, way possible. possible. And he still is like, doesn't do it. And she has to go do it. And Caleb's like, basically, what do you want? What are you doing here? I don't, who, what? Yeah. You know, probably surprised that his son's not the one making this request. Interesting. Very interesting little section. I yeah. love this section. See it like, I, I love this section. None of it. Like, cause as I'm going back, I was like, cause really, I mean, they talked about some parallels um, and with this story and, and in Joshua and Genesis and, and I'm sitting that I was actually, I'll be honest, I was kind of confused through this, like this particular section. <laughs> Why is this story here? Because yeah. they, they jumped in, like I got the rest of it, but this one specifically, and, and my commentator just jumped around all over the place. And I'm, I'm sitting there by the time I was done with it, I was like, man, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> um, and then once it got back into, okay, let, let's go ahead and start conquering some of the other lands and, and that sort of thing is what we'll read as we move forward. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm back on point. I, I know where we're at. Um, but I totally, when we were reading through it, I was like, yeah, I, I forgot. Like I, I didn't understand this part. Yeah. I mean, and he, that is actually did, pretty freaking awesome. I don't have the, oh, actually I do have the commentary put up. I could look it up. But even if you took the first part out of it and you read it straight up face value, you don't know Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So you don't understand like that. There's a certain, uh, prefixed on a couple of words there that makes this a, of a sexual connotation. Right. Even if you take that out and read it face, I am an American and only read English value. Okay. Um, the story. So when she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. That's like when my wife like came up to me and said, Hey baby, we were, the car really needs an oil change. Like I'm at 17,000 miles. The light's been on and like I checked the dipstick and it looks like it's a court low. And I was like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. And then she goes to my dad and says, can you change the oil? Your son, like, you know, gave me this car. But, like, in order for it to work and to run properly, like, it's going to need to be maintenance. And my dad's like, okay. He goes and changes and then gives her a coupon for another free oil change down the road. Like, that's essentially... What it sounds like. What happened. Like, that's literally why... It was, once again, it was Othnail being like... Yeah, I got things to do, baby. You go, you go ask my dad. I'm busy, you know. Except it adds a little bit of more rated R material in there, which I don't think you would read in the English necessarily if you if didn't know. The... Oops, I got the commentary pulled up. I can find the. <clears throat> oh, I went back to the main page. Um, give me like a second here, and I can okay. maybe we can cut out the dead air. Um, <laughs> But but anyway, so yeah, it's not something that that I would say, at least for me, kind of stood out. I was like, okay, so I wanted to go. I kind of got that part, but I was like, I don't, I don't fully grasp the. This is why I the love full intentionality of what what's going on in, in, in that part of it. If if we take the Old Testament, and we just read it, 
Um, and we take a good look at the asking some of the basic English who, what, where, when, why kind yeah. of questions. Like suddenly there's just so much more that like can be dug out of it without even having to go another step deeper. Mm-hmm. But if you grab a good commentary or two or three or whatever, and you can read that along with it, you get even more out of it. Like it just gets deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. Okay, wait, what, what verse number was that where it says she urged? Um, it is... That's my searching. Um, 14. 14, okay. So when she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field, and she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, what do you want? Oh, yeah, we're also going to see the how a similar promise by a northern kingdom guy goes stunningly bad later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Hold on. Let me get to the Hebrew. Let's see here. Okay. Um, what happens is this adds a, uh, verb, uh, that's basically pronounced Beboa. The whole thing is, uh, the phrase when she came, Beboa. Um, but that, uh, middle of that B-O part, uh, that we I don't have the actual Hebrew letters in front of me, um, is used to refer to the sexual act or, uh, or including the prelude of the sexual act. And it gives a whole mess of other verses where this is found. Um, while normally it is the male who is the subject of the action with this section, the female is introduced by the preposition, uh, which is similar to two other verses, one in Samuel, one in Genesis, um, that, provides the parallel cases in which the females are the subject of the verb and in the form well, whatever this is telling you the English which basically mm-hmm. is proving that it's her right um, who is asking for this but it says um, what's happened is throughout time is that people have changed it to she urged him um, they've changed it from one long Hebrew term which basically means she nagged him or they changed it to that to kind of whitewash it. But the original reading is another long Hebrew term that I can't pronounce. Um, and this is basically like what we're using here that we see in the majority of the texts that are used to translate the Bible. Okay. So it's been whitewashed throughout the year uh, or throughout the years. But originally that whole text is definitely she used what she could to get what yeah. she wanted and it didn't work. So basically, okay, so this was kind of them, in a sense, making the Bible appropriate for church. Uh, mostly by King James. Okay. okay. He's, that's where most of it's been whitewashed to get rid of those possible terms. But literally, like that term in the beginning of the ver- in verse 14, the Beboa, is basically... Since that verb is used there, it's basically saying when she did the deed okay. or was in the act of or getting ready to, right? she asked for a favor. Okay. So she was doing a trade. All right. <laughs> favor for favor. Okay. You scratch my back, I get a well. <laughs> scratch other things. Yeah. Um, and we get some uh, feed for our animals and a yeah. well and... Uh, Set me up well, you know, give me some springs of water. All right. (laughs) 
So, okay. Yeah. That's actually more interesting than what uh, I learned. So, all right. Um, so the next section, I keep trying to touch my screen like it's a, a touch screen. Yeah. It's not. Um, so 17 through 21, I think we said. Yep. And the good news is I don't have a whole lot here, so go okay. on. <laughs> um, and Judah went with Simeon, his brother, and they defeated the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and devoted it to destruction. So Woo. the name of the city was called Hormah. Judah also captured Gaza with its territory and Ashkelon with its territory and Ekron with its territory. And the Lord was with Judah and he took possession of the hill country, but he could not drive out the inhabitants of the plain because they had chariots of iron. And Hebron was given to Caleb, as Moses had said, and he drove out from it the three sons of Anak. But the people of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the people of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. Oh, look at that. The northern kingdom cohabitating with the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Which is not allowed and is in disobedience to to what God had called them to do. Yep. Freaking Benjamites, those northern kingdomers. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So we see kind of where... Yeah, I, I guess this is the first opportunity where the Northern Kingdom has not fully been obedient. Well, the uh, w- once again, we're going to see more of that going back and forth. Because if you go to 22, we're going to see some Northern success. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything overly. Um, nope. No, the biggest thing is we've established that Judah is rocking it. I couldn't yeah. find much on the, like, the, they had chariots of iron. I'm like, I'm not I, sure why that was. Couldn't either. Yeah, I, I looked um, a lot for that, and I, it was like everything was about how Northern Kingdom failed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I didn't see anything with that. Um, However, the early iron workers are thought to have become the Philistines later. So we could, once again, this is me conjecture, mm-hmm. not scholar. We could look at that as God preserving Israel's future tormentor for his purposes later. Okay. If that's what that iron is referring to. Okay. But I'd have to, I'd have to find, I'd have to talk to Dan Dyke or something. Yeah. It didn't, didn't say <laughs> too Professor much there. Dan, yeah. Um, I did. I mean, it did mention that Caleb was a Kenizzite. Um, we see that in Genesis. Oh yeah. Um, um, who was an Edomite, which would have been from Esau. Mm-hmm. And he was able to join the people of God. He did get an inheritance, so he did get some of the land. Um, they talked about how this could be a little bit of foreshadowing as to God's future kingdom, where um, the inheritance was not just for, for the, the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you would see some of that in Ezekiel. You definitely see that a ton in the New Testament, obviously, and in and, and Paul's teachings. So he kind of said that this could be a little bit of that foreshadowing that he was able to join in on the inheritance of and the inheritance of Judah. Um, but it didn't say much beyond that. Definitely nothing about the iron chariots. Yeah. Because um, actually it asked the same question. Why? Um, why did they why fail? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and didn't come up with any anything. Um, 22 through 36, do we end uh, do, it? Uh, do 22 through 26 really quick because oh, yeah, I got yeah, a, yeah. I got kind of a neat note on 26. All right. 
Um, the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with him. And the house of Joseph scouted out Bethel. Now the name of the city was formerly Luz. And the spies saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Please show us the way into the city, and we will deal kindly with you. And he showed them the way into the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword. But they let the man all they let the man and all his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites and built a city and called it its name Luz. That is its name to this day. So uh, one quick note. Whenever you see that is the name to this day, that's to the day of the author writing it, not to the 21st century. Um, just keep that in mind. So talked about grafting people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Jesus's family line is Rahab. Mm-hmm. Rahab was in Jericho. Mm-hmm. She was a spy. Right. Or she aided the spies, Joshua and Caleb. Mm-hmm. She then joined Jerusalem and became part of... I, would you say she became Jewish? She became, mm-hmm. she became a worshiper yes, of Yahweh? Yes. Um, so, I mean, I guess she was then invited in, yeah. Yeah, so... We have Joshua, Caleb. They go in. Uh-huh. They meet somebody. Yeah. They get aid from her in scouting out the city. Right, right. And once the city is destroyed, they take Rahab into their camp and they make her one of them. Right. In this story, the northern kingdom finds a dude leaving a city. They ask for his help. They deal kindly with him. They do not graft him in mm. to the family and they let him go and start an entire city of his people that are separate from the people of God. But don't they become an issue for Israel later on? Man, that northern kingdom just messing stuff up yeah. left and right, you know? Well, and, and the thing is, is once again, that is why God says, I mean, to go ahead and, and you're supposed to wipe out and not let any of like, so, huh. but I never thought about it from the perspective of the story you had just told where they grafted him in and that became a very different scenario. Yeah. Where this one, they let him go. He then started a city and later on they become an issue for um, Israel in general. Pain huh. in the butt. Interesting. So. Interesting. Now the dominoes fall. If you want to finish out the chapter and read all of these northern failures, I will sit back and watch. All right. And you can <laughs> laugh at me as I slaughter each name. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Iblim and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in the land. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, Oops. but did not drive them out completely. And you're going to see this kind of happen over and over and over again. And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived in Gezer among them. Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Naholol. Um, So the Canaanites lived among them, but became subjects to forced labor. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akko or the inhabitants of Sidon or of the Ahalab and the Ashizib or the Hiblah or the Epekik or the Ehab. So the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. 
Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Hanoth. Um, so they lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and the Beth Hanoth became subject to the forced labor for them. The Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country, for they did not allow them to come down to the plain. The Amorites persisted in dwelling in Mount Harris and Hedralon and Shabalalom, but the hand of the house of Joseph rested heavily on them, and they became subject to forced labor. And the border of the Amorites ran the ascent of the Akarabim from the Sela and upward. So, yep, they basically failed to do what they're supposed to do. And because of that, we will see a ton of future problems. The yep. biggest issues are when they either dwelt with them or put them into forced labor because mm-hmm. they were not supposed to do that. was almost all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of ironic, too, because, I mean, that, that's kind of, well, what is it? Isn't that what... Um, Egypt did to Israel, um, put them to forced labor, and later on Israel. Yeah, I'm really bad at that. Yeah, um, talking to the mic. So <laughs> yes, yeah, because it's I'm, I'm, I got my computer here, so I gotta find a good angle. Yeah, we gotta figure um, that out. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, but just kind of interesting. Yes. Yeah. So this first chapter, we see chaos starting with no chosen leader and God appointing people and trying to give a plan to the people. And we see the people spectacularly failing at that plan. (laughs) Uh, We get introduced to quote unquote heroes, but they're already selling off their daughters, letting their wives take their place and do the stuff that they're supposed to do. We're seeing the Northern Kingdom violating what, Joshua told them they're supposed to do what Moses told them to do, which was drive everybody out and cleanse the land. Man, that sounds like some Ezekiel stuff. Yeah. And that is just the first chapter. Yep. You, you, I feel like it's a <sighs> kind of a half donkeyed <laughs> version of obedience where, yeah. you know, like it's like, you're kind of going in, but then you're like, does God really know what he's doing? So then they throw some of their own version of it into it. And so then it's it's a, a kind of obedience, but it's not like a full obedience. And, it, and it's probably not even like a full trusting or you're like, ooh, why would I kill them all when I can use them for forced labor? Or they still have stuff that we can go ahead and use. So let's take some of their livestock. Like, So it's kind of like... Um, we're being obedient, but you're not being obedient. And I think that's going to come well. And there's a reason when, when God well, asks us to do something, there's usually a good reason. And we're going to find out by not fully following um, what God had asked them to do. It's actually going to end up becoming a headache later on um, and becoming a huge issue for Israel um, and, and how it is that they deal with the, the the inhabitants of the land. And what's interesting, if you if you read Joshua, there's a lot of times where God would give specific instruction to go into certain battles, and if they didn't follow the instructions or they tried to do something on their own, they'd get whooped. Mm-hmm. And in here, we only really get a mandate at the beginning, but the northern kingdom is going off and doing their own thing yeah. anyway. They're doing their own conquests at the end anyway without a command. Yep. Um, on top of that, they're doing it, like you said, half donkeyed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ladies and gentlemen, this is the most stable chapter probably. Mm-hmm. It, it this book will spiral deeper and deeper out of control. Yeah, and into chaos and madness, and it's so rich. And you are all gonna love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So good times in chapter one. That is Judges one. And we will come back with Judges two and see what, where we spiral to next (laughs) and uh, where our obedience and or lack of obedience lies as we move forward. Thanks for listening. Cool. Bye.